Before we get started today, I just want to take a moment to thank one of the main sponsors of this podcast, Town Square Brewing. From crisp summer lagers to non-alcoholic options, I know the second release of the Nowhere Fast Keller Pilsner we worked on together last year is back in stores now, so be sure to look for that wherever you usually find your craft beers. If your favorite liquor store doesn't have Town Square in their cooler, you should ask them why they don't. 18 plus, of course. Please drink responsibly. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. First, obviously, thank you for doing this. You're, uh, you know, I I know, I know a little bit about the way you work, and I'm super interested to ask you some questions. And I realize you're, like, have you ever gone on record, like, in an interview for anonymous? You're, you're usually like quite quiet and reserved. Uh, uh, this is actually the first time we're on a podcast. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, I'm, as I told you, I'm a little bit nervous and I'm kind of worried about my English not quite there yet, but I'll try my best. I I think it'll be amazing. I, uh, you know, one thing I will ask about that, just to kind of start it off, I know um, we we talked a bit about your your words of English being your second language, I find it personally really hard for me to even, like when I have an idea or a vision for something, it's hard for me to explain that to people, even in my first language. So I wonder for you dealing with like accounts and manufacturing and all the stuff that you deal with, it must be even harder to do it in in a language that you didn't learn first. Uh, yeah, like language could be a, a quite a bit of challenge, but like we have been doing this for years, and uh, we, I don't know, like from zero to now, uh, we learn quite a bit, like throughout the process, like buying and uh, um, like communicating with brands. Um, so, but I found. Uh, it's like the most the the biggest challenge is like to have really deep conversation with like even with my team or like um people that i know if that makes sense like i feel like i'm like limited by um english but like, i can be a more interesting guy in chinese or mandarin yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, although like so like you think it's more difficult like within the organization like you and your staff and your friends and stuff it's harder to communicate ideas there than it is for you to like talk to accounts and customers uh not that like just i mean deeper conversation means like like um i don't know like something interesting uh but like in terms of like just the um, daily operation side, we're good. Uh, in terms of like uh, dealing with brands like ordering and like things with like shipment and payment, uh, I think we're we're good. But uh, to have a really deep like friend and heart to heart conversation is like a little bit limited. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I get what you're saying. Uh-huh. I, uh, yeah. That them. I'm. I personally never even really thought about that while while talking to you. I I never even thought there was like any barriers that way, but I guess it's it's frustrating for you and you know, like just because I haven't really seen it when we're chatting doesn't mean it, it doesn't exist. Okay. But, I'm good to good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, also, the other day when we were uh, getting this on the books, you were talking about having a like a want to make things, but it you're not as is it like motivated or inspired to make like clothing, like hats and hoodies and stuff. You want to focus on like the the small accessories that function really well, so. 
what what made you actually decide you wanted to go ahead with like smaller items instead of like the the basic hats and hoodies and all the stuff that everyone including me are guilty of of mass producing (laughs) no like um um let me think uh, of course, we want to make clothing, um, right. but um, we just found it like hard because because um, we made a T-shirt before, uh, which is retail at pretty high, and uh, I don't know, like we like the design really well. It's like a seven off from the Snow White, so um, that's that's a, like an evil joke. Like uh, there's seven off like Monday to Sunday, so like you're like you just like uh doing what you like uh seven days a week so that's our that that's the meaning behind the graphic really? and uh at that point we had a little label called addiction so um so that actually matched with the brand's name um and uh, i don't know like we just see it as a small merch a product but it didn't turn out pretty well so i, I mean throughout the years we have some uh, uh we had tried to make a couple clothing pieces but none of them turned out really well so we're like um reflecting ourselves if maybe we should not do it until we actually know the i mean first the manufacturer second like uh actual good solid design and maybe it's not there yet because we haven't built our identity that well. So people don't know what you are besides a retail shop. So I always feel like identity is like the core of a, I mean, brand, especially like for clothing brands. People can find a similar product from other brands, but why choose you over something else or why I pay for your products? So, um, so at this point, I don't think we have that identity yet. I don't even know what's our identity. I have a general idea, but it's not clear. So, um, so, but I still want to make products. Uh, so earlier this year, we we do uh, we made a like a new era hat. Yep. Because uh, like the fitted uh, low profile uh, baseball cap. Um, I don't know. I just like the silhouette. It's like not the crown is not that high, and uh, and we we were like working on a graphic, so just put it on there. But we actually did the pre order because, like with the fitted hats, I don't really know the size distribution, so I don't want to. I kind of want to play safe. Right. So that one turned out okay, uh, and uh, for the glove slip mat and the reflective slip uh, snap band. Um, I think I had the utility glove idea first because I always want to do the glove. Uh, I mean, from last year or even earlier, I want to do the tactic glove. But that and um, and we were like starting to like riding bicycle, so I wear bicycle glove a lot so that kind of makes sense um but um but the minimum order to do customization is pretty high as it's at a level that we cannot afford um so it just got shipped to utility glove which is like something uh really easy to make and affordable and i still like the idea of glove and during summertime I think people are on track of doing their own project or gardening. So that's, I, I think maybe people need it. Yeah. Like I was saying when we talked last week that Sarah and I have been gardening a lot. So the gloves are like <laughs> an everyday thing for us. So I I was saying, I, I wish someone would make something like this. That was a bit like, cooler than just like a Levo <laughs> glove and then I saw yours a couple days later and that's why I like really re- it resonated with me like I could relate to it I think that's like one of the beautiful things with these like simple accessories that you're uh, brainstorming like the reflective bracelet also I mean makes so much sense like that the little reflective 
hits are like a deadly thing for me on like a dog leash or somewhere on my wheelchair so I don't get hit by a car at crosswalks at night. So these things are all great and I feel they're like really well thought out, but also like really relatable to to most people. Like a lot of people, especially now, are trying to bike instead of drive. So it's cool that you can like make things that you're passionate about making and then have them work for the everyday person. Yeah, like we actually don't see them as something, I mean, just for fun. It's not like we're actually developing a like game-changing utility glove. It's just like something we want to do. We want to make our own product in the easier way, in the funny way. So that's how it happened. I think I would like by, I mean, like I thought about like maybe we were influenced by a lot of brands and how they operate, how they make their product. Um, So yeah, like we were fan of that. We we like that idea. So it just happened like naturally. Now I I remember like when I when I first met you, I think you Mm -hmm. were more focused on a brand than mm-hmm. being a retail space so when was uh-huh. the shift in that <laughs> um so yeah like we we visit uh Norfast studio a lot and uh i have to say you influenced me a lot in terms of like aesthetic and uh, especially analog photography because you lead me to that area and you recommended me the, my first camera contacts t2 because I remember you were like uh, suggesting either um, Recon GR or Contact T2. So I uh, ended up going with Contact G2, which is the one you, you're using. I think I still love the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah, like at first, I kind of wanted to do more like product, like, but things just happen like this. Because uh, like when Haven left, um, he he thinks there might be a chance to fill the gap and just open up the shop. So he reached out to Marshall and then me, and then we found Rex Wu. Um, and we just um, opened another shop and uh, till, uh, and all the way till today. So um, I don't have the energy to develop product, everything, all my energy and time, they were like at the shop. So, um, yeah, but uh, it is what it is. <laughs> and then, like, I don't know, to me, it, it seems like running a retail spot like you do, you get to experience so many brands and, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of feel them and test all the materials. But then also, like how you were saying, uh, like the identity of a brand is is such an important thing. So you kind of get to like see a whole bunch of identities all formed under one roof. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, like, you must take certain inspirations and stuff from from each brand and be able to incorporate that into your brand, like in the future. So mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that that seems like a good thing. Is is that? Am I right at all? Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, but it's not like inspiration specific, like uh, this type of product. It's like the the logic and their design process, how they operate. Like Stone Island, it's like um, they have a huge, a massive archive from military wear and workwear. So they draw inspiration from there, plus um, a different twist of uh, pattern and the dyeing technique or like specific technique um and but yeah like and valence is a, another line from actarix actarix is no, known for being minimum because it's innovative because it's clean line clean design on uh, like jackets like outdoor jackets so they're using that uh idea to um to redesign some classic menswear like uh, trench coat, blazer, those kind of stuff. So that part is definitely really inspiring. But the more I see, the more brands that I sell, I, I kind of know the 
there is a how do know how do I say it a, a huge distance between me being really good at producing a like or designing clothing because they're so good. So I see the the difficulty there, the challenge there, and uh, we have uh, to be honest with you, we have brand we have like had brands that the quality is not that good. So I kind of wanna it's like a reminder. I don't want to do something like that as well. So that's like the two reason why we can't really make uh, like start a clothing line. Yeah, that that's interesting. I was thinking of it as a way to sort of see things to do or emulate certain things, but you're you're saying it's more of like a glimpse into what not to do and what to avoid. That's probably a better way to look at it. <laughs> I don't know, like it's just how I look at it because. Yeah, like I see, they're doing really well. I there's really hard. It's really hard to make something like that at that price range, if that makes sense. But like a lot of stuff that we have there, um, above average, for sure. But there are like, like like for valence, um, I think at that price range and for the product you get, there's actually no competitor. So is that like? I mean, of course, you, you probably equally love every brand you guys carry at the store, but would Valence be one of the ones that you're, like, extra excited about? Yeah, yeah, Valence is definitely my favorite brand at the shop right now. Uh, and I don't know, like, it's just, like, so versatile and look still look more, more modern, modern like uh, contemporary design and uh but it's not too edgy uh quality is good and because like a couple of years ago they dropped their price their retail price by 20 percent so the price is pretty good right now yeah that's rare right everything is getting super expensive these days like yeah but yeah, but next year there because we actually had the uh, buying meeting a couple of weeks ago. They're considering maybe adjust the price a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that I mean everything is getting expensive. Not not great, but that's understandable, especially like for a product on that level. Mm -hmm. I guess then I should ask yeah, like what when you go about like when you decide there's a new brand that you want to carry at the shop are you like how long of a process is picking one of those brands like do you buy a few items personally and kind of wear test them and like um, go through a whole thing or do you just jump into it once you've decided and <laughs> you want yeah, like some products like um like acronym valence, we uh we own the we used to buy them like not a lot, but we used to own pieces from acronym valence. So when we have the chance to um carry those brands, it's like a no brainer. Like we yeah. just do it. But like for um some brand that I uh, we're not really familiar with. Uh, we came across. We usually just like um, see them, follow them, uh, what they're doing for like a year, like two seasons. And uh, but like but like uh, one exception is like GR10K. When we came across to that brand, uh, we found this like really cool. We just like go ahead and order them. So it really depends on what the brand is, and um, yeah. Uh, it's funny you you mentioned earlier about like when I uh, introduced you to photos and stuff. I <laughs> I was hoping you remembered that because I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't yeah, know I do, if do. you like if tie that back to your photos, and that is one thing. Like I'm. I've, very interested to hear about the inner workings of your store but also uh -huh. i feel you have another like kind of life as a photographer i think your photos are incredible and i know you only release oh, okay. like certain photos which is good but how how actively are you taking photos and like since since you started shooting how has your like journey with photography gone 
Uh, yeah, like I do remember, like, cause you introduced me to analog photography, film, uh, negatives, uh, context T2, which is my favorite. Um, I don't know, like we, we used to kind of like, I don't know, like film is really expensive right now yeah. and uh, it's not really practical for you to do everything in, um, I mean, uh, on Instagram, like editorial, every editorial there. And uh, I actually found it really frustrating. Like sometimes I have a photo shoot done on editor, um, like film, um, develop and uh, add a, to a degree that I'm happy with. But yeah. it doesn't collect that many likes. Uh, but like for something like digital snapping, uh, which I can do like, which we can do like pretty quick, collects uh, more likes. So I'm starting to think like, what do we need to do? I mean, I, I, I like doing this, but I still need some rewards. Either it's like I post it, it got sold, or I post it, people like it. I, I still kind of like that. I'm, I'm not saying like I'm like 100% like, um, like likes driven or yeah. like uh, internet, internet driven, but I, I, I still need that part, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So um, yeah, like, but we just keep doing what we do. Because uh, at first we have a, we developed the film at London Drug, uh, which is okay. And yeah. then we developed the film to DC Photo Lab, but they shut down like yeah. two years ago. And then I started to develop it myself. Uh, which is a really fun and uh, struggle process, uh, especially like you are developing something tangible and then scan it to something digital. Uh, so what does it mean? Like, is it still tangible? Is it still film, the true film? Yeah. Is there a true color for color negatives? Uh, but uh, so that's the so my idea or my understanding to our film has changed a lot, and luckily we have the Stratus in the city. Sorry for the interruption. I just want to quickly shout out another sponsor of the podcast, Stratus Film Labs. Anything film related, the fine people at Stratus have you covered. They can develop it all: true black and white, color C41, and medium format. With a convenient, open 24 hours a day Dropbox and quick turnaround times, I can't speak highly enough of them. Anything you need to know can be found at stratusjournal.com. You can also find them under the same name on all relevant social media platforms. Let's get back to the episode. I hope you're enjoying it so far. Uh, we there's uh, like similar uh, people into the similar stuff. We can talk about it a little bit, and we have Vivian at the shop, basically every day. So we talk about photos and film a lot. Uh, it's still a like learning process, and right now I'm into like um, just enlarging the film to uh, photo paper. Um, I heard Stratus they probably gonna have a larger soon, but not sure. But if they can do that, that'll be pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, I've been taking all my stuff there, dude. They're uh, really, really important right now that, that Stratus came along and it's probably even better for you to have they be in, in in the shop all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just so like does everyone on staff are you gonna see like are you all on the same page as far as like imagery and like i wonder how that goes like i know whenever i've like i have the studio or whatever it was always me running the accounts right so i never it was never there was no obstacle like if i had a photo that i wanted to use to represent like our stuff or a brand or anything there was no one that i had to like run it by like we could just publish whatever i thought we should publish but for you there must be a bunch of people kind of making that call right is is that better or worse uh like right now it's me vivian it used to be me vivian key and tama 
So uh, we used to have a bigger team, uh, but right now it's like scaling down to me and Vivian. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still like going back to the to a topic like um, a project that we spend money and time versus something like we can do quick. Right. Um, two different results. Uh, so I'm still like reflecting on that on daily basis, like what to do, what to what what kind of content to create. Right. Uh, I mean, I like the um the texture and the quality and the the, the light tolerance for for negatives, especially yeah. like uh, color negatives. But uh, but at the end, it's just like a look. It's not the core of photography. Right. Photography should be interesting, like storytelling, like something like hits, like something like uh, you people feel connection with. Right. But like if you if I see if I only see like analog photography is better than digital, that's a wrong idea. I used to think about that like that. But the core idea is like what you're trying to say in that image. So um yeah, like so that's beyond the 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 look, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, and I I agree with that. And it's funny, I used to I was like you. I I thought like everything should be on film. The more I <laughs> Me too. It, it was yeah, like that. That's just my aesthetic, like my preferred aesthetic. But really, a photo should sort of tell a story. It like people should feel something when they look at it. And really, now I think a photo can be on on any camera digital film it doesn't really matter it's more like the the memory captured in the photo than like what the photo is captured with and it, it's kind of like change i mean i i still mainly do shoot film but that just i've chosen that but i feel like yeah, a couple of years ago, I thought you couldn't get a good photo not on film, and now I think anything can take a good photo. It's the photo, not the equipment. Yes, yes, but like if you're if if you capture an epic moment and a really good image on film, that's like extra fun, yeah, extra yeah. satisfying. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's pretty hard. It's really hard. <laughs> Yeah. So it, it's it's you and Vivian that have to agree on like an image, and and that's it. So there's really only two people making that call. Uh, like right now, yes. It's not not as bad. I wondered, like, when when retail spots or brands need to have like a whole team of people sign off on a photo. That the idea of that stresses me out. Like. Uh-huh. You know, like if if you have a photo you like, but then eight other people don't agree, like then you know it takes so much longer to create like usable content. I think. Uh huh. Yeah, like we usually just like me and Vivian, we talk. But like I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like I'm a little bit strict when it comes to products. Right. Because like we we do color grade the product. There's like different white balance, different lights, and different camera captures certain colors differently. Like okay. especially like orange or blue or like brown, those kind of color. So uh, I don't know. Like we when we uh, when we shooting and added the product for our website, uh, we do need to color grade. And I'm sometimes I'm uh, a little bit strict on that part. But in terms of like um, posts for Instagram or, or like editorial, we, we usually just like sit down, have a little bit chat about what we want to do, and then just do it. So that part, we don't really have any like, um, like you said, uh, what if like this person doesn't like the photos that I like, uh, that becomes a problem. We don't have that because we are still a small team. That that's awesome. Was it uh, kind of was that always the way you operated, or did you have to learn over the years to be more 
like compromising. You know, like me personally, a couple of years ago or five, ten years ago, I wanted everything to be like exactly how Uh I thought it should be done. And then I Uh learned and I'm still learning how to delegate more and how to like trust other people with ideas like vivian's a great great one to trust with your ideas but i wonder was <laughs> it harder when you guys opened or mm-hmm. were you always kind of relaxed with that uh like i think there is some compromise i i totally feel you like i wanted to be like that but down the road i realized i'm not the person that actually i'm not always right because by because like sometimes I look back, because uh in our backend we have all every product that we ever had, right in the system. Uh, we just archive them; they're not active. So sometimes I look at the photo product photo that we took like maybe three years ago or four years ago. They are like garbage. Like by, I was the one who did it. So that doesn't mean I'm always right, right? So I do learn that. That's cool. And that, I mean, really useful. I wonder, like, if I operated the same way, if I had, like, all of my photos forever and you can kind of gauge, like, where the improvements came in and what needs to be worked on, that pretty useful. (laughs) I I wish I had done it that way. It also makes me think of, you know, when you guys first, open like when you were in the store on the the second level and then to now like how much you guys have grown and like adapted you know like basically the question did any of you have any background in in running a shop i know rex worked for heaven but did any of you like have any idea what you were doing or you just hopped in and learned yeah, like usually it's just learn, like, because we don't have any idea running a business, especially a retail shop. Uh, like we have work at retail, but that's, that's really front end, like the floor. It doesn't have anything to do with the back end stuff, like operation, the, the number stuff. Right. Um, uh, yeah, like, because, and we did make quite a lot of mistakes down the road. Yeah. So it's still a learning process. It's good though, like I'm um, maybe, maybe not, but I think it's it's fun to learn as you go. Like it, it makes the whole thing a bit more enjoyable. I feel like if if you knew exactly how to do it day one, I think that would take away from some of the fun and like the adventure <laughs> of like going through it. Uh, true. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Some people might not agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I wish we didn't make those mistakes. Um, I mean, we could be uh, at, at a better position now if we didn't make those mistakes. Right. Uh, but it is worthless. Uh, but I I agree with you. Uh, like the learning process is, uh, and turning something from zero to something is pretty fun. The process is pretty fun. But sometimes it's still painful. And, <laughs> yeah. and you worry yeah. about the business a lot. Yeah. Definitely. Um, now, I like obviously, uh, there isn't as much like you were telling me before we were recording, not like a huge local customer base for the brands you guys bring in. I wonder where, where's like, where's the main. Where are your most orders going online? Like, where is Anonymous biggest online? <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like, we don't have a really like a, a major area customer. Right. We just like uh, here a little bit, there a little bit. They just add up together. Like, uh, we have some customer from Japan. They're like, I don't know, they're, they're really... I'm not gonna call them pioneer, but like they're really willing to try something new. Right. Yeah, like because I remember from Bodhi. Oh, sorry, like from Bybor, which is like a a brand that terminated last season. 
and they're specializing in custom fire fabric. Uh, it's the price for the price range. Um, it's a little bit hard to move, but we got most of them sold to Japan. And for this season, we're bringing some uh, another brand called Common Divisor. That was surprisingly most of them uh, was sold to Japan. So Japan is like where like pioneer shoppers like I don't know like in so called in quotation, right? Um, and uh, we have good amount of um, customer in the states as well as like uh, Canada, BC, Ontario, uh, Quebec. Um, and uh, and some from Europe and a little bit from uh, Asia. So that's the distribution. <laughs> I mean, that's probably better, right, than uh, I would think, at least, than having a bunch of, like, concentrated customers somewhere else that mm. you aren't really able to, like, handle that kind of, like, customer base. I would think it's better to have it like spread out evenly and then you can kind of distribute stuff that way. I was just wondering if there was like, if you guys were to ever like do another store, do a pop-up or anything, is there anywhere that your analytics would kind of dictate where that would be? But I guess not. Uh, Yeah. Like earlier this year, I thought about like uh, Toronto and uh, Vancouver, but um, it just didn't happen. Like, um, yeah, because I, I saw there's a retail shop and there's a space available in Toronto, I think around Austin and Quinn, so which oh. is really good location. Yeah. Um, but that uh, good size, the price is okay, but that one got leased, yeah. So uh, I'm still looking for something like small, but like in a good area in both city. And uh, uh, something like I don't know, like I I I always feel like something that we uh, like things like that that we do. Maybe it works better in a city where everyone cannot af- afford house. Right. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah, that, that's how I see it. That's smart, actually. Yeah, that that's really, really intricate, like thought process beyond that. Yeah, so but I guess like, then I, I didn't mm-hmm. even, I wasn't really thinking about that when I asked. So you are like you're entertaining the thought of expanding, like opening thought, somewhere else. Yeah, I thought about it because like the business is not good. <laughs> Because when the business is not good, I feel like people, I mean, I, th- that's how I see it. Like maybe there should be some move, some, but it's not happening right now. But, but overall, I like Edmonton lifestyle. It's because I live really close to the shop. I bike to the shop. Uh, there's no traffic jam, no road rage. Um, the community is pretty, it's small, but it's like, um, I don't know if it's the right term, but we use the sticky in Chinese word. Like it's it's tight. Oh like yeah, everyone, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of energy. Uh everyone knows everyone. I don't see that as a bad thing. Right. No, no, mm-hmm. not at all. Yeah. That that is yeah, that I mean when I, I think about the scene and the community, I, I agree with that. I mm-hmm. I see the you guys have been doing uh, events more, mm-hmm. does it? And all, all I can think of is your store is so beautiful and clean. It would mm. stress me out to have an event <laughs> in a space. Like, it was fun for me to have parties at the studio because that room was shit, right? Like, no, there was nothing really you could get dirty or break. But your store is, is easily one of the, if not... It is the most beautiful store I've probably ever seen, especially locally. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I I would hate people to be like drinking beer and making a mess in there. Yeah, fortunately, like everyone keep it really well. So yeah. I think everyone participated last time. <laughs> so yeah. You know, that's uh that's another thing I would say about the city and the community that goes to events 
kind of like you know, like you or, or I would have. Everyone is super respectful. We've it we've is. had crazy parties at the studio. Not mm -hmm. put any product away or anything. I've never had anything stolen. Never mm -hmm. anything damaged. Now maybe. Mm -hmm. Once or twice, something like someone would do graffiti in the bathroom, but that's pretty standard. Kind of annoying. <laughs> it happens. Okay. But yeah, are you? Is the event thing something you would like to do more of in in the future? Yeah, yeah. Because like before COVID, we uh we do events like every year. Yeah. Um, like uh, listening parties or like uh, first event or like valence uh product knowledge event, those kind yeah. of stuff. And we also held like vintage market in summertime. Um, so we want to make we want to always want to do events, but like, it just COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so like Alex Fullerbook uh launch event in May was the first event that we uh, or actually the second event that we did after COVID. The first one's like Rochelle's uh like the rock work. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna do another one with Stratus in August. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I I saw footage from the the book release and it looked uh it looked super cool. I've, like I never, I haven't really seen that many like-minded people hanging out together like in a, in a while. It, it was it was refreshing. And now that we're saying it, I hadn't even thought about it. But I guess when you guys transitioned to that store, it was in COVID, right? So you weren't able to have like a, a launch party or an opening or anything like. Fun. Yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah, funny you say that because, like, I I remember like how like a lot of people say, "Do you want to do a launch party or opening party, uh, for the new shop?" Like, we were like not sure. <laughs> yeah, we actually never did one. Man. And how long have you been in there now? Uh, almost two years. Yeah, I feel. I mean. Again, I'd be so stressed to have parties in there, but I feel it's like a space that everyone needs to see. Like, I feel it's like if, if someone were to pop in there and, and look around and see what you guys have built, they would just be, like, blown away that it even exists in Edmonton. Like, it, it's pretty... Uh -huh. There hasn't yeah. really been anything like that ever. Yeah, like I, I really like the community in Edmonton, especially on Wild because we uh we got customers sent from Fush, the come up from another. Right. We sent like really being supportive. Um I don't know, maybe they know we don't have a good food traffic, but uh like cause for the slip mat that we just launched a couple of weeks ago, Fush, yeah. they actually sent customer to us saying, Hey, they got the their in-house product, they just launched, they're pretty cool. Yeah, so I really appreciate that part. And uh, we're actually thinking maybe we can do something together uh, in the near future. Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone, I mean, White App is, is definitely like getting interesting right now. I know it was like 20 years ago, White App was, was pretty cool. And then it kind of seemed to like fizzle out and really foosh was mm -hmm. kind of like the the only ones like doing anything cool and they have been the whole time so like really mm -hmm. good for them for like putting that on their shoulders but now yeah there's a whole bunch of vintage you guys are out there there's like more more food and stuff popping up so what have seems pretty promising i i don't know i'm like so like traumatized by the studio, I don't know. Oh, if I'm I see. Ready to pretend I I would open a spot again, but if if I did, I think what app would be kind of be the spot. I mean, uh -huh. it's because you guys kind of fighting the fight for everyone and trying to do interesting stuff down uh -huh. there. But I also yeah, the feel like where you are, you're kind of surrounded by all this like really hipster food. Like, <laughs> you know, all around you is just all yeah, these yeah. food spots. It, great for yeah. lunch, 
eating. Yeah, they're a little bit expensive, but like Marlo, their uh, tacos pretty good. Uh, Pep brunch is good. I've never been there for dinner or, or like cocktail. And uh, what well, well, is the other one? Pals, like the sandwich spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think it's, it's the same people own all that, right? So they're just like, I think so. so yeah. good at what they're doing. Yeah, it is. So, like, the next event is, I don't want to, like, go too far into it, but you're saying something with Stratus later in the summer. Is there anything else in the works, or it'll just um, kind of come as it goes? Yeah, like, I mean, like, you mean other events? Yeah. Uh, we, we, we're supposed to do a listening party with Foosh and uh, good information together, but that cool. one got delayed. But we still, both of us uh, still want to do it. I mean, me, us and Foosh, we still want to do it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, I want more events to happen here. So I don't know in the, the listen, like your audience, if there's anyone in the city who wants to throw an event or like a workshop, we're 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 definitely down for it. Yeah, that I mean, COVID absolutely. I mean, goes without saying, just kind of tanked everything for three years for everyone. But now I feel like I kind of see everyone in the city like getting along almost the best they ever had. There's so much like collaboration with everyone and like. I I used to think this way too. Like everyone, you had to be really protective over mm. your like audience, right? The, this is how I thought I was totally wrong because now I'm seeing it's way cooler for everyone just to kind of share the audience. Mm. And maybe, you know, if Foosh has like some people they can sprinkle into your people have an event and kind of bring them together and like vice versa. So I'm I'm thinking of things like in a in a way way healthier way more collaborative way, and uh, mm. it's great to hear that you guys are are already kind of thinking that way and working on things together too. Mm-hmm. I think I think the city is it's a great community and there is like potential. You know, it's just so hard to to do any like kind of avant garde retail. Around mm-hmm. here, like how I I learned the hard way, and you, I'm sure have have good days and bad days as well. <laughs> yeah, like um, you mean like uh for for the shop operation, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, cause there's up and downs, but like we were doing good throughout COVID, yeah. And uh, but right now we see a little bit dropped. Uh, I mean, from la- the second half, half of last year to today, like it's like I don't know, like maybe inflation, maybe the um, the mortgage rates, maybe the economy. I can't, I can't really tell, but uh, yeah, maybe a lot of people travel to Japan. They're like instead of like shopping at us or other shops for Japanese brands, they're like shopping in Japan because the currency rate is so good. And the right. retail price there is already like it's lower than uh, everywhere else in the world. Um, yeah, but uh, that's something I cannot control. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. That's like one of the things I I don't miss at all about closing is always there's always something right. Like you can always say like, oh, it was COVID. Like it sounds like you guys did well, but some people didn't. So then it was COVID, and then it's supply chain, and then it's inflation, and now it's summer, so everyone's camping. Like, I I don't miss, like, always having to justify the slow times. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no like, like... I will say, though, the good times, it's such a cool feeling that you're never going to get elsewhere, right? It's like... I would almost try the years of bad days for like a, a good weekend in retail. It's, it's so fun. Oh, I see what you mean. Do you like what? A, like, how do you deal with the ups and downs of it all? It sounds like you just you're pretty accepting <laughs> of it. 
Yeah, I am. Like, um, I don't know. Like, uh, if it's like the cell, cell wise, ups and downs, that's something I cannot really control. Maybe I can make adjustment for uh, next buying. Just right. like, um, I don't know. Like, when we, we, we see the brand's performance, uh, each brand's, uh, each, not, each category, but like some some certain category or product or color does well than over other. It's not like a uh, super accurate accurate like quantifies process, but right. uh, we do we do want to see the number a little bit in general. So uh, that helps us in terms of buying because um, buying actually determines that's the core of this business. Right. So that leads to a good or bad result in sell. And uh, another ups and downs or a problem is like, for example, how do we uh, save some money from shipping or like shipping supplies, those kind of stuff. Right. So uh, there's always something you can, I mean, there's always something I can improve in terms of like the, details right. so uh, just looking into the detail that might change the big picture leads to a better result yeah. right, right. um i think of it like when i used to run the studio when i was buying and again it, it was only me so i was lucky where i didn't have to like check with any other people about like if i wanted to sell something we could sell it but i always found like i learned as i went that when i was going over lunch what i thought was gonna sell wouldn't sell but then i would <laughs> buy something that i didn't hate it it was just maybe not my favorite piece on the lunch sheet and it would uh -huh. sell out instantly so I wonder, uh -huh. like, how you go about, like, do you buy at a personal taste or do you buy out of what you think will sell or do you mix the two? Uh, like, are we used to buy in the, in the way of personal taste? Yeah. How it's more driven to a shift towards what sells and a little bit of what we think is really cool. Right. But I mean, uh, it, it sounds really bad if, if I say it that way. But like, um, yeah, like something like super, if we see a product that really edgy, interesting, but at the point that we think that we know is not going to sell, uh, that part is like, we we used to have more of that. So right now it shifts to less of that, but there is still a small percentage of that, that type of product. Yeah. No, no, I I understand. <laughs> That's exactly like I had to to condition myself to do it that way too. Like mm -hmm. I would get, I would take a couple chances. Mainly, I learned to like buy from what I thought people would buy, and then mm -hmm. maybe I would like if I ever had any money, I would just order one extra of what I thought was cool for me, and then not mm -hmm. try to like sell it. Uh, yeah, like, and the good thing about most of the product that most of the brand that we have, they are, I'm not calling them like fashion brands. They are like, I don't know what, what if there's a word for it, but um, they are consistent with what they're doing throughout the years. Right. It's like maybe small changes in terms of like detail and maybe color or like maybe cut. Like maybe they're giving out a little bit extra inch on uh, waist or like um, on chest, those kind of stuffs. But in general, the brand doesn't really change from season to season. So I kind of familiar, we are really familiar with the product and performance. Uh, but still, like sometimes, sometimes like um, a certain product doesn't perform well this year, but it performed well next year. Right. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 of course. But then, like, are you stuck? Like, if you have a product that doesn't sell well this time, do you guys have to, like, mark it down to, like, clear it out and then get the next one? 
or do you get to like keep it and then find out if it does end up selling next year? Oh, um, we have to mark it down. That's the way. I don't know, like the the business, like the cycle works. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, like it's. I feel like the retail or like the business like this is really it has it has it relates to time, um, a lot. Like how many days you can, you have for for you to sell the product? Okay. If you pass that time, you might need to consider to uh, mark it down, or next season you might consider to uh, order less or skip that part, skip that product or brand. So uh, from my perspective, it, if it doesn't move, uh, it's really hard for me to keep it for next year. So it has to be marked down. Yeah. Hey, the whole like sale thing really bothers me. Not not with <laughs> you. I mean, just everywhere. Like everything is so fast. Like you know, yes. essence. There's like things hit the store and then they're on sale like three weeks later. I I yeah, feel yeah, yeah. I mean it's great as a consumer like if I want to buy something really high end and it's on sale that's good for me but I feel like every store is like forced just to move through things so quickly like yeah how do you feel about <laughs> that especially this year like it, like this year has been more aggressive I I'll say. I'm not trying to like um, make a sale, like, but I'll I have to say this is the best year to shop. Yeah. It's like discount coming earlier, discount coming like deeper. Everyone's doing promotion, even like Amazon, right? So everyone trying to clear the stuff. Um, and I have a happens to know a guy from Essence team. Uh, he was saying this year they only had thirty days not having any sales so which is crazy like uh one like i don't know the uh only 15 percent of the days is not on sale so the rest of the days they're always like promotion going on so uh yeah it is because i don't know like maybe the economy is not there maybe the e-commerce just leads to just leads to this. Um, um, I, I'm trying to find the word like because like because um, there's too many e-commerce doing the sell way too early, so it got earlier and earlier. Like Black Friday used to be the real Black Friday. Yeah, but Black Friday right now it used it becomes something that happens in end of October or early November those kind of stuff yeah no I remember I remember when Black Friday wasn't even really a thing in Canada and then it became mm-hmm. kind of one day and now I it's like a month on either end of that day and there's Cyber Monday I feel like then people just get stuck in it right like if there's so many sales this year I, I don't see how a store like anyone but essence let's say how do they get out of that it seems like then next year they have to have the same amount or else people are just gonna go elsewhere that part i'm not sure like because i feel like like we used we always have conversation about like like similar stores yeah we never include essence because like i feel like they operate as a different logic yeah but from my perspective uh there's something I can't move. I have to put. I have to mark it down. Yeah, <laughs> just to move it. Like I have to keep the the shop running. Right. Yeah, if one part is not moving, that's holding it, holding the shops back. So I have to to let that part move. So <laughs> that's the struggle. I, I I hate doing this, but like I wish I can sell everything at full price, but that's yeah. not realistic. It's like oh, we have customer coming here say. Uh, I like your stuff. I can afford them, uh, but I just like the thing of having stuff on sale. I mean, everyone does, 
Uh, yeah, that's the reality. Like, and we're and we're not Louis Vuitton. We're not like Hermes. Um, they got the they got they got the right to, they have the, uh, they have the chance to control that, and they're being like, uh, we're not putting everything on sale. Say that word, um, but uh, we're we're just a small retail shop. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, do you? You guys like personally get stuck in that? Like, if you have a certain number of sales this year, do you think your customers get used to it? And then, if if you don't have as many sales next year, are they gonna go somewhere else, or do you think they I feel like, un- understand? Yeah, I feel like our customer already knows about that. Like, they're already used to it. Yeah, and uh, it's it's not like we're not the only one doing it. So everyone's doing. We're on. Everyone's on the similar move, similar schedule. Right. So um, I don't know. And especially our customer, they know if we're like into the brands that we have, they probably know more about like the fashion industry and the timing and when to expect a sell better than other customers. Right. So uh, yeah, like. So, um, yeah, like they're, I think they're expecting sell from us and the similar shops. Yeah. So it's gonna, <laughs> I, mean, I would predict it'll just go that way forever, right? There's no, no real way to like cut it, cut not, it off. Not, not really. Like there is way, like for, for some product that we have, like acronym, valence, we don't mark it down. Like body, we're not marking down. Like some brands that we have a really, uh, how do I say, um, really good clientele and really clear clientele, um, something like that, we don't mark it down. And for like launch products, um, like sneaker launch products, we, yeah. that you don't, you don't really need to mark it down. So I guess that part maybe balance out the the bigger picture, but yeah. uh, that's why I want more people in store, like in store traffic, because um, it feels different. Like if you're at the shop, try on and touch the product, versus like you're like look up online. Even though, like you, you may find the style code or style, uh, like the product name, just search Google and look up uh, every store's price, compare the size chart, yeah. and look at all the like on body uh, and detailed images online. So it's like a different process because we had a customer. He he's a, like a really good customer with us. He only buys Stone Island. I showed them Valence. He say he tried a lot. He's really interested in it. But he said it looks just looks different from online. Like I don't see them in details, or it just feels way better uh, to to have it in person, right? So having more in store traffic, having more people experience the product, maybe can help uh, move the product at some price better. But it's not necessarily the truth. But I think there is a chance of that. Right. No, yeah. no. That, I'm not sure I if I explain myself well. No, no, no. I I totally understand. I agree. I I order stuff online all the time and it almost never fits properly or you know, you can't tell <laughs> oh my like God. the cuff or whatever. So it's just kind of like a waste of money for something. At the price point of like Valens or Stone Island, it would be really hard to think of ordering that online. You know, it's like such a, I mean, the price point is high, but it's also like a a coveted nice item that you would think you'd want to experience in person before spending that money on it. How how is in-person sales compared to online sales lately? Like are you doing way more online than in store? Yeah, still way more online than in store, but in store is like uh continue like it's started to grow like percentage wise. Cool. Yeah. But like overall this year we're not doing better than we're doing worse than last year. 
Online and in store? Yeah, both. <laughs> I wanna yeah, there there's gotta be a reason for it, right? But I'm saying it it's, it's kinda awesome for me not to to have to stress about that type of stuff with my store. Mm-hmm, but I, yeah. I feel for you it's it's not a good thing to stress over. Uh-huh. Um well you know what I uh, I think that's over an hour. I know you're oh, okay. at work, so I should let you get back to work. But mm-hmm. before I, I let you go, do you want to, what's the anonymous website or Instagram? Like where, where can people like see the stuff? <laughs> uh, so our website is com. So, so our uh, trademark name is a, a made up acronym. A N N M S. Because at first we think it's funny to do it. Maybe not a lot of people can pronounce it. Uh, yeah, but it, it definitely definitely has some limitation like that name. What <laughs> um, actually? What what's like the funniest pronunciation you've heard? Like, do people uh, come in and have no idea how to say it? Like usually, people pronounce it as ams. Or something like that, maybe like, because like when we first made the name, we show like people around us see if they know how to pronounce them, because most most people cannot pronounce that, because and that's the purpose of it. Yeah. But but right now I kind of regret because it doesn't really help for people to spread out the word, right? Like there's a shop, what is it called? I don't know how how to pronounce that. (laughs) Or like just called anonymous shop, but like you see A-N-M-S, it kind of relates to anonymous, the word, but like it doesn't really directly, like it's like, no, messed up. (laughs) I I think it's good against people talking and if they're like, oh, it's uh, anonymous, but it's spelled this way. I think people are going to register it and remember it more than if it was just spelled normally. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully. And then yeah. it, the Instagram is anonymous shop as well. Yeah, that's on Instagram. I'll, I'll make sure to link all that properly okay. in the show notes. But, but thank you so much. And uh, I think that was amazing. I think yeah, you, it is answered, amazing. you answered everything perfectly. I don't know. You had nothing wow. to be nervous about. Thank you. I'm still a little bit not sure what I just say, but like it's really, I really appreciate it. Like uh, it brings back a lot of memory that we used to go to your shop and uh, I um, spend time with you at the studio, talk about clothing, brands, and photography. So that's really uh, good memories to me. Awesome. That, that's amazing. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to come in and see the store. I haven't even sure. seen it. That's uh, all. I'll make sure to coordinate with you that you'll mm-hmm. be there. But I, w- I would love to come in and, and see the space and chat a bit more. Maybe we can talk about photography and, and other things as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Looking forward to that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the day. Yeah, you too. Thank you. See ya.